The title of it is Tenth Scales. Christ's love is greater than anyone can ever know. But I pray that you'll be able to know that love. This is Ephesians 3.19. It wasn't right that spikes pierced the hands that formed the earth. And it wasn't right that the Son of God was forced to hear the silence of God. It wasn't right, but it happened. For a while, Jesus, while he was on the cross, God sat on his hands. He turned his back. He ignored the screams of the innocent. He sat in silence while the sins of the world were placed on his son. And he did nothing while a cry a million times bloodier than John's echoed in the black sky, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Was it right? No. Was it fair? No. Was it love? Yes. It is easy to get caught up in the struggle to protect our rights. How would your life be different if Christ had struggled to protect his? Thank you, Wanda, for sharing that with me. On the heels of communion, I just felt like we all needed to hear that under a different light. Now, last Sunday morning, when I shared with you about being filled with the Holy Spirit, I haven't seen anything for the past seven days of my life that would not indicate even more of more of more of a reason that I need to be filled and walking in the Holy Spirit. It hadn't gotten any better. Has your world gotten any better? Nope. It hadn't got any cleaner. Hadn't got any more positive. It's just gotten worse. And I'm glad God put something in place. And something God put in place for me this week was reminding me, I was off and on when I would feel nauseous from like sinus drainage, which was uh, a history-breaking moment I didn't really like in my life. I learned something a long time ago, you know, I speak those things that are not as though they were. So I would just start saying, Lord, I am not sick. And, you know, in, a, in your mind as you think, so are you. And I, I would just keep doing that. And God had laid something that I read in the 16th chapter of Acts on my heart all week long. And then I get to prayer with my brethren on Thursday morning. And then Pastor Tim at Northview, we were talking about something with the tongue and our words. See, God, give us the gift, if, if you want the gift, of being filled with the, with the Spirit. But he also put power in our words and in our tongue. That's why you know this, for uh, example. In the name of Jesus, the demons have to flee. Amen? You just heard them read that. In the narration, Paul cast out that demon that was possessing that girl in the name of Jesus, which I'll refer to in a moment. But then I saw Pastor Tim go out. I thought he had to excuse himself, go to the restroom. And he came back 
with, with, a, with a pamphlet that he had made for their church. And, and I could not believe how much God will over and over again put something in front of me just to say, listen, this is what we need to really make sure that we do this week because it was all about our words and, and, and it really blessed me and I told him I got to tell him again and that was on Thursday after God had been dealing with me all week. So I knew that God really had something special for everybody that came or watched Multitude Service this week. So I began reading things like Ephesians 5 and 19 that says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. You do all this with your mouth, you see. And Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And then I got over to this story again. And if, if you didn't really catch it the first time, let me just quickly hit some points. Paul and Silas were in Philippi. And while in Philippi, they were uh, kind of at a riverside prayer meeting. When I was growing up, we used to have uh, baptismal services either in a creek or uh, somebody's pond or lake. Then later on, you know, when we, everybody got dignified and, you know, we become like Jethro, we just got a cement pond, a baptistry. I went to a church where there was a baptistry when I went to college. But there was kind of some of this going on, a prayer meeting, a a bunch of ladies were there, and Paul and Silas went to attend this, and there was a lady there named uh, Lydia, who was a seller of fine purple, and she worshiped God, the Bible said. She worshiped God, but she wanted to hear Paul and Silas, and kind of the story you hear about Cornelius, and this is another thing, verse 15 says, and when she heard, her whole, her whole house was baptized, you know, his whole house was baptized. Let me tell you something. It's critical right now. I don't care if there's one or two or 12 of you living in a house right now. It's important for your whole house to be on the same page when it comes to the things of God. And so her whole house was baptized. And so she invited these men to lodge there. And so while they were there, there was a young girl that, kind of started following them around the neighborhood and in town. And I got to read this again because a lot of people might kind of not understand verse 17. It says, so this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She did this for many days. Verse 18 said, and Paul was greatly annoyed. King James says he was grieved. But I want to use the word annoyed because everybody in here has said or heard, man, that's so annoying. Amen. Y'all said that? You might have said that when I preached an hour last week. Boy, that's so annoying. But it was the word of God. And so Paul turned around after this went on for days. And as I just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And the demon came out. And a lot of people will say, I don't understand that at all. I mean, she said, these men are the servants of the most 
high God that proclaimed the way of salvation. What could possibly be wrong with that? Well, folks, you've got to understand what she said was a way. This is one of possible, uh, uh, quite a few factors. But what she said was possibly an attempt. You remember last week when I said that 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell and Satan couldn't stop the power from coming. Y'all remember that? He couldn't stop that power from coming. So he chose to do the next best thing. I will try to stop the people from believing they can have it or that it's still available and I'll use the most unsuspecting places which is pulpits and seminaries and denominations and famous preachers books. I'll just use that because nobody will ever suspect that. I'll use church doctrine. Y'all remember me saying that? Well, here I'll just use something very unexpected. I'll just use this girl and I'll use something to try to get their attention from sharing the message in that little town they're in by saying, oh, look at these men right here. They are servants of the Most High God. They proclaim the way of salvation. She went like the woman at the well. Come and see a man that's told me everything I've ever done. She was trying to put all the show glory and all, all the light. And she tried to use words that would sound convincing and okay. But see, Paul himself was full of the Holy Ghost. And that just didn't check with that spirit, you see. That's why the Bible tells us to test the spirits, to try the spirits, to see if they are of God. Then you can say all the right things, but at the end of the day, somebody that's walking in the legit Holy Ghost, they know, hey man, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to build my pride up. You're trying to get me like I'm the newest, coolest, baddest evangelist in town. Going to try to get everybody. This is all about God. And see, God checked him on that, and he checked that demon on that, and got that booger out of her, and then, then... It was bad news because that girl was actually pimped out, using language you can understand, by some men that used to use her for fortune telling and soothsaying in town. And they made a lot of money off of her and they were royally upset because it messed with their change, you see. And so they went, took these men, Paul and Silas, had them arrested. And man, they... They just had the whole town upset. The magistrates tore their clothes, said, we can't have none of this going on. See, the devil will always use high people in high places to try to shut everybody else down. Going to leave that right there under my left foot. Because I said a lot and didn't open my mouth and say a lot then. So they locked them up. And the Bible says in verse 24, going to skip down to that, when the jailer got him, he had received a stiff charge about these men. Possibly the word had already gotten out, already been one earthquake. Doors open automatically and God just walks out. And so they were put in the innermost prison and their feet were fastened securely in stocks. The Bible says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. King James says, 
praying and praising. And they were doing this to God. Now their backs had been beaten with rods. Are we all clear on that, right? They didn't say we're going to take away your status in the so-and-so club in town. Their backs were bleeding, beaten with rods. And this is their behavior. They respond by not trying to get a petition, not starting a GoFundMe page or anything else. This is what they did. They sang and worshiped God while their backs were bleeding and they were probably severely dehydrated, but they chose to praise God and pray to God. And I love this last part. And the prisoners were listening to them. So I want to tell you right now that somebody is always listening to you. I don't care if it's good what's going on in your life or everybody has beaten you with rods, have drug you through the mud, and it seems like you are the worst thing that's ever breathed. You'd mark my word that somebody is always listening to you somewhere. And if you say, well, I don't know about that preacher because sometimes there's nobody around me. I'm telling you, the God I serve says he won't take his eye off of you. So if his eye is on you, his ear is closely located to his eye. He hears everything I say. He knows everything I think about. So somebody's always listening to you. So there's four things that that God just showed me quickly. The first thing is that threat is always easier, folks, than regret. Paul and Silas knew that they could get in trouble. They knew they were around a bunch of heathens, a bunch of anti-God people. However, they knew that it, 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 it was easier to do something that was going to get them in a lot of trouble. They didn't know the whole extent of the girl being pimped out, as I said, a money-making machine for these men with fortune-telling and all this. By the way, here you go for free. Stay away from horoscopes and all this thing. If you want to know what's going to happen, I'm going to tell you right now. You want to know? Jesus is coming back. The Antichrist is going to step onto the scene. Three and a half years, there's going to be a peace treaty that's going to be broken. The last three and a half years is going to be literal hell on earth. And then the Lord, along with me, and I hope a lot, if not all of you, are going to step back and come back. He's going to come back to the Mount of Olives after all of us have been raptured away and we're going to reign with him a thousand years. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what's going to happen, you see. So if you want to know the truth, that's what's going to happen. And Paul said, I'm not going to play it safe. Silas says, well, I ain't playing it safe neither. We were here. We were redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. We're going to do what we're here to do. And so they knew that it would be easier on them to just go on and do it with all the threat that's out there than to walk away like the rich young ruler did and live in regret for the rest of their lives and still have to face God one day on why they didn't do it. So listen, folks, threat 
is always easier than regret. Well, I'll go ahead and do it. I mean, everybody else is doing it. You better watch out. Number two, sometimes you are beaten when doing a good thing. Yes, you are. Anybody ever been no good deed goes unpunished? Anybody ever done something good? But my word, that flipped up. Well, you, let me tell y'all, because y'all, <laughs> you sitting fat and happy today. It stinks. I did something really trying to hook somebody up one time, and they about wanted to throw me under the jail. All I tried to do was help them out. It was a church. Y'all don't know nothing about that. I ain't wasting time on this point. But let me tell you, sometimes when you are beaten, you may run into this since you've never had this to happen to you before. You've done something good, and it just goes bad. I want you to remember this sermon today because apparently it hadn't happened yet. So it's not a good thing when it happens. You feel bad, but really you ought to feel good because Paul and Silas refused to take the glory that came from what this girl was apparently being used by Satan to do to puff them up, build them up with pride. They could have said, man, you know what? Man, we can just start us a huge tele-evangelistic type ministry right now and we, we can get these people to gob us down with money and hook us up. And you know, they knew for a fact that there was no way, no way that they're going to take that glory. It's never my glory. Everybody say that with me. It's never my glory. I don't care what you do in church, how good you preach, play, sing, teach, help, what you do in the community. We do everything as unto the Lord, the Bible says. So it's never your glory. Never your glory. I don't care how good I preach one time or another time. It's never my glory. It's not my word. It's not my blood that was shed that saved me. It wasn't my voice that called me. It was, it's not my lungs that's given me breath to preach right now. It's not my glory. It never will be my glory. All glory and honor and praise goes to him. But you live in a culture that says the opposite of that. Amen? Do it to get noticed and recognized in life. You know, Paul knew that it was not about them. He knew what she was really trying to do. And he knew that from being all the way tucked down in the innermost prison. And the other prisoners, they could not see Paul and Silas's mouths moving, singing praises, and praying God and glorifying God. They couldn't see their mouths moving. But they could sure hear them moving. And a lot of times people won't see what you're doing. But I'm going to tell you right now. If you will praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in all situations. He said if I be lifted up I will draw people. I'll draw all men. You let your mouth. In all kind of, if they take your house tomorrow, man, come on. Just glorify God. You're on your way home to a mansion, okay? If they tell you, look, it don't look good for you. You got six weeks to live. You got six weeks to glorify God as long as you can. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. No matter how far away you are from people, 
God can hear you all the time, so give him all the glory. If it rains, he said it rains on the just and the unjust. Number three, somebody's always listening. I told you that. Oftentimes, oftentimes, hear me now. Oftentimes, you will find out and you will learn that your pulpit and your congregation is in the most uh, unusual of places. Theirs was in a jail, in a prison, in an innermost cell with bleeding backs. That was their congregation. That's their pulpit. And that might be yours tomorrow at 8.05 at school or at work or in the doctor's office or in a lawyer's office or at the courthouse. Doesn't matter where it is. You need to understand. Everywhere you go, you are walking around with a pulpit. And you are walking around the congregation. And you need to let it fly, buddy. You need to let it rip. You need to sing the praises of God. And it's even sweeter when people know you've had a bad deal dealt to you. You need to let it fly as loud as you can. You need to praise God. But I thought that happened to you. Oh, no, we ain't wasting time on that. Let me tell you about the other that that happened to me. I was lost. I was undone. I was on my way to hell, and I'm on my way to glory. Let me tell you about that. You preach that stuff. You sing that stuff. You praise God with that stuff. Listen, somebody's going to hear you somewhere. They know it hurts. They know you're broke. They know you messed up five marriages ago like the woman at the well we was watching yesterday. They know all this stuff. Everybody, there's no secret safe in America or the world. You don't have to tell anybody. They know it before anybody else does. You need to tell them what they really need to hear and that's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what you got to tell them. Somebody's listening. And I'm going to tell you this. Prayer and praise is always the best response to prison and pain. I don't have to ask you this. Just sit there because you're dealing with it. There's prisons all in this place. There's all kind of pain. Amen? Yes, there is. There's emotional pain. There's childhood memories that are painful. There's past relationship. There's failure. There's things that you've done to your body that you can't forget. You're forgiven, but you can't forget. All of those are painful, you see. But I'm going to tell you what, to get your mind off of it, you got to praise and use some God. Hallelujah. you got to pray into him. Oh, it'll be gone. Yes, it will. I still got track marks, preacher. I don't care. Roll your sleeve back down and raise them track mark arms in the air. Give him all the praise. Give him all the honor. Give him all the glory. Hallelujah. Are you praying about it? Are you praising while you're in your prison? That's what, that's what we do. Might not be a bit back-beaten uh, prisoner, but you might be slumped over from all kind of Blows from the devil that is used with people, their mouths, or things they've done to manipulate situations. This is what you do. You don't start a posse. Quit with the posse stuff. Quit it. Misery loves company. Quit that mess. That is from hell. 
If somebody does you wrong in the name of Jesus Christ, the rest of your life, don't you tell your husband, don't you tell your wife, don't you tell your family, don't you tell your friends, you begin to praise God with your hands in the air and you watch what happens. You won't stay in that prison. You won't stay in that prison. You won't stay in it. There's some people in the church that's so locked up You'll never get out if you don't stop, start praising God. That ain't good and that ain't going. He's talking about me. I know he's talking about me. Yeah, I'm talking about all of us. Hey, look, Jesus is coming back. We don't have time to be locked up. Hey, man, we be, need to be out here throwing down stuff. We need to be casting down demons and strongholds. We need to go into uncharted territory. We need to be able to speak to things and watch them leave and move. We don't need to be like, oh, this is what happened to me. That don't look like somebody saved by the blood of Jesus full of the Holy Ghost. That look like somebody that's trying your best to get in a seat on the Dr. Phil show. Quit it, quit it, quit it. Bible says we are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. All right. Hebrews 13, 15, in closing, sort of. Not through yet. God wants to help somebody today. That's good, ain't it? By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. We know what that word means. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Isaiah 57, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is afar off and to him that is near, saith the Lord. And I will, let me hear us all say it. Heal him. There you go, there you go. When you do this, you see, you're singing the word of God. Your back's bleeding. Your eyes are swollen from crying because people shouldn't have done what they did. And this is what you do. I've learned to praise God. I've learned because peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above sweep over my spirit. Hallelujah. Do y'all know what I'm talking about today? It's all right here. I ain't making none of it up. I'm telling you, it's right here. All you got to do is realize you're a child of God, man. Use what God has given you. You're singing the word of God. When you sing the word of God, when you pray the word of God, Satan knows the word of God better than anybody here or that's walking the planet right now. He knows the word of God. And he knows it was the word that Jesus used with him to get rid of his hide when he was tempting him and testing him. He says, and I know I got to keep the spirit away from people and I got to keep people dumb and ignorant and away from the word because I can't stand those two things, the word and the spirit. He can't handle that, you see. But when you have the word of God and you walk in the word of God and you sing the word of God, he won't stay around. He'll go to some little lukewarm junker somewhere that ain't really taking all this serious, just kind of checking it out to see if it's the way I want to roll or not. Listen, they're going to roll. They're going to roll somewhere they don't want to wind up. But I'm telling you, if you'll just praise God and worship God in all things, let me tell you something. The devil will leave you. He can't stand it. Before I 
pray, and then there's something that God wants to bless all of us with. I want to tell you this. I was brushing my teeth yesterday morning, and the Spirit of God reminded me of something that several weeks ago that I preached to you about the wilderness months ago now. And then it wasn't too long ago we talked about a cave, amen? A lot of people talked about a wilderness after that message. A lot of people could identify with that. A lot of people could identify with have, being chased in a cave-like situation in your life. And then today, the Lord reminded me. He said, so I've, this is the third time, son. I've told people, I want them out of that wilderness. I want them out of that cave. I want them out of that prison. But they got to let me. And you allow God to get you out by letting his word liberate you out through your mouth. There is no, there is no substitute for speaking the name of, I speak Jesus. And let me tell you something. The grace and the mercy of the Lord God is, is sufficient for this day. His grace is sufficient for you. So whatever you're going through with, let me tell you something. If you will begin to praise God, and you will begin to pray to God, God, I know you can do whatever with this situation. The mercy of my God will carry you. The grace of my God will hold you steady in the middle of a storm. I want you to close your eyes, if you will. Father, I love you, and I thank you, Lord, that you are allowing me to live a life that can be victorious, Lord. I don't have to be the headlines every day of my life to somebody somewhere of woe is me again. God, I want people to start knowing me as somebody that it doesn't matter about my circumstances. That boy is saved by the blood and he loves Jesus Christ. He does more preaching outside of the pulpit than he ever does inside that metal building. So God, help somebody, whether it's a wilderness, whether it's got a cave, or just they're in a prison, Lord. Would you help them out, Lord? I know you will because that's what you said, Lord. I thank you and I give you praise in the holy name of Jesus. If you have not been washed by the blood of Jesus and you're in a prison of sin and you're in this building today, I want you to come to this altar right now if you are here and you know my sin, I, I, I need to be saved right now. I don't know if I'm, I've been pretty good. Well, the Bible says... Thou shalt not covet, and thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not bear false witness. Jesus said, you shall not commit adultery, and Jesus said this. Law says you shall not commit adultery, but, but I say, if you look at a woman with lust in your 
heart, you've already committed adultery. You see, we've got to, somewhere before the trumpet sounds, we've got to understand the standard of God is a lot different than the one you hear in this world, in churches, and every other place. You got to be saved, friend. You can't, you can't get there off of what happened when you was a little boy or a little girl. You got to know that Jesus is your love, Jesus is your life. And you might be trapped in a, a prison of, of sinful pride. And God wants to liberate you today. If you're online, you too. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. The thief on the cross again. It's not a long, drawn-out process, you see. But you've got to mean business when you open your mouth. You can't have a form of godliness. You can't be a little religious person. You've got to know the, the truth will set you free. And the truth is, God, I'm in need of the blood of Jesus Christ being applied to my life. That's the truth. And if you don't do that, you're trying to get in some other kind of way, and the Lord says that don't work, it won't work. But the Bible says if you do, and you pray, and you mean business, that He, He will forgive you of all sin. The Bible uses this terminology. It says, He's willing and just. That means he's willing to do it. And he's not like crooked lawyers and just uh, judges and people you know in the world to take bribes and all this kind of stuff. Other people. Oh, he's willing and just. He's going to be just and he's still going to forgive you like he forgave everybody before you. He's willing and just. It, it, he hadn't changed his position on forgiving you and his grace being so good that it's willing to save you too. But he's equally that just of a God that if you refuse him now, he's still going to stand by his word and he has to say, depart from me, I never knew you. See, he can't be bought out. He can't be talked into a politically correct position or way. He's a just God. He's going to address sin. His wrath is going to be poured out on this earth one day for people, for a sinful earth for people that's rejected him. But right now, you can be saved. Somebody needs to be saved in this building today. You're playing around with God, and you're playing around with your eternity. You're playing. You've played church. You've played games. But you really, really, he's not the thought of your mind on a regular basis, on a, we've used this word, a continual basis. I would not take time doing this right now, but this is the most important words that can come out of my mouth all day, all week, all the rest of my life. And the Holy Ghost just hit me. Everybody online, I'm talking to you now. I want to tell you, I don't know if Caleb, uh, uh, Kevin, I don't know who has me right now, but wherever I'm looking, I want y'all to get me and I want somebody to hear me because the Holy Ghost instructed me to say this. If you are sitting, I don't care what, if you live in this county or another county or another nation, I don't care. If you are physically able to go to a house of worship somewhere, you 
by the authority of the Word of God or to be in the house of God if you're planning on going to heaven. I don't care what you say. You cannot take the me factor and insert it into the Bible. You don't have a reason for missing the house of God. Hebrews 10.25 says, As you see that day, I'm about to break it down. As you see that day approaching, you need to do it more often. As the manner of some is. So here's the deal. Online church, congregation. Either you don't see the day approaching or you don't believe the word of God or you would have your fanny in a house of worship somewhere. I meant it like I said it. I'm desperate, you see. I'm going to get graded on what I'm saying. I'll say fanny, self, butt, tail. I'll say anything to get somebody's attention. We're living in a serious time here. I know I just threw all the dignity I had left out, but that's okay. So I want you to hear me. I'm saying this out of love. I feel like people are out there and they're crutching on this online stuff. We do it as a ministry to the homebound and the people that can't do anything, like get out of bed and come to church, and they can't do anything else any other time of the week. Am I clear on that, church? Because if you're able to do go to work or anything else, you can come and sit in this anywhere from 65 to 79 degree church. You can do it. You can do it. And God's going to grade me this day for saying this, and he's going to grade you one day for hearing it and responding to it. Look, I'm glad for technology. I heard another pastor say something similar this weeks ago, but a lot, of, a lot of us feel this way. And I feel the same way. I got a cousin in Durham that I know he listens, and I love him today. I love him like he's my son. And I've got other people and all that. And, and, and if it wasn't for people like my cousin and people I know that hear us in other places, other states, not going to call them out and all that, and even other countries, France is one of them. If it wasn't for that, I'm telling you, we, we'd just do away with it now. Because you go everywhere else you want to go when you want to go as many times as you want to go. You can't tell me. You can't tell. I got a hush. I know it. I probably already hushed online. Click. Okay, but listen. I'm telling you this. You cannot tell me that little communion cup. Y'all remember that a little while ago? You can't tell me you're in love with that man and you avoid his very house. You're not in love with the same Jesus I'm in love with. And I've been going to church ever since I was breathing because I had a mom and daddy that loved Jesus and they understood the Bible. So don't be laying that preacher stuff on me. You just go because you're a preacher and you paid and all that mess. Where was the other uh, 30 years at, uh, friend? So I don't know if I just derailed anything for anybody, but there's a lot of people at home, and they locked up in prison. Do y'all hear the shepherd this morning? And I'm trying to help them out too. I'm as just responsible for people that's listening right now that God's put in our path as I am for you. And I want them to know the deal just like I'm telling you. God didn't design you to get saved and sit at the house and stream. He ain't done it. 
You show it to me and I'll retract everything I just said next Sunday. But you ain't going to show it to me because I just told you the verse he said to do the opposite. Do it more and more. We ought to crank this thing up if you want to know the truth and start seeing how many times a week we can meet. All right, let's pray. Time for people to eat. I can feel it and I get it. But the bottom line today is the Lord died that mercy and that grace that you just heard about again with this song with Mackie and these folks. It's still sufficient for today. It'll carry you through whatever you find yourself in the middle of tomorrow. But you got to use the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. And this is to a big bullet. You see these guns right here? I don't mean that trash. I mean these guns right here. It's time for you to break them things out and go to shooting, man. Don't nobody come feel my muscle after church. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the worship. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the body, oh Lord. And I thank you for the breath I have right now to preach, to praise you. Hallelujah. God, and just to, to understand, Lord, that you love me enough to leave me here to finish the work with everybody else that's here. So, God, I pray that you are glorified. I pray you let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, I pray that they're acceptable in your sight, Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord would bless you and keep you and he would make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. That the Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray this week that you will find yourself more and more hungry for the presence of God. There's no place else on this earth like being in the presence of God. The Lord does not return before Wednesday. We pray that we will see you and your entire family Wednesday night at our Laurel Hill campus. God bless you.